0: Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have an incredible episode with one of the greatest actors. I'm so honored to have him on and it's the first time in this podcast that I got a chance to work with him on a project before having him on the show. Darren Goldstein. You know him from Ozark, The Affair, and so many other amazing projects. Darren is such a great guy, and it means so much that he came on and gave back, and he was so kind to me on the project that we got to work together on. Unfortunately, I signed an NDA. I wish I could say what it is, but hopefully it'll be out very soon, and you guys will be really excited to see how it all turns out. Darren, I love you, brother. Here it is. Darren Goldstein, welcome to an actor's spares. How are you doing, man? Thank you, sir. Doing well. It is such an honor to have you on. This is the first time that I've actually had a guest on that I got a chance to work with before coming on wow, the show. Really? So, that, oh, that's fun. All, a lot have been after, yeah. but yeah. A, and man, yeah, I've your work and everything that you've done for so long. I've I've looked up to you forever. So I'm sure, as you saw that morning, we had our call time. Thank you. I was giddy to see you, but man, you. I mean in acting classes all around New York City everyone is talking about your work man I mean Thank you're you. you're an outstanding actor you make such amazing choices and your commitment to the craft is it, it's beautiful and uh Thank you. it really has inspired me greatly and mm-hmm. and I'm just so proud of the work you're doing and getting that chance to spend those that almost week together on yeah, that, that, that was, was Oh man, it was just so well, cool, man! Watching you and I learned a lot. So thank you for being here. All oh, right, yeah. What a
1: sweet intro. Thank you.
0: So, I, if it's cool with you, yeah. I, I like to start at the very beginning. Let's Where go. did you grow up?
1: Uh, Long Island. Okay. Huntington, which is right in the middle of Long Island, on the Suffolk County and Nassau County border. Parents were teachers. Very middle class upbringing. Did some sports. Played tennis. Played soccer. Went to sleepaway camp in the summer. Parents worked at the sleepaway camp. Wow. Yeah, and then when I was thirteen, my dad uh, passed away of cancer. Oh, I didn't at know. At forty-one. Wow. And I always mention that because that's like kind of like one of the seminal moments of my life that yeah. has a lot of tentacles for my what I chose to do and uh, how I chose to live my life and uh, and uh, it's just it's 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 important to know that about me. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. How, how, so then, your mother really took on a gigantic role. Oh yeah,
1: role. my my mother. I was thirteen. My brother was eleven. My mom was great. Did everything she could to not make our lives any different. Uh, she was a teacher, and uh, so you know, did you know? It wasn't always. It was a little scary at the beginning. She wasn't sure if like what our our financial situation was going to look like, and. She did such a good job of kind of like giving us not spoiling us, but giving us a really, really stable, stable upbringing. That's yeah. incredible, and yeah.
0: and obviously going through something so grief, you know, stricken. Was there a recalibration of your mind and what you know was athletic still important to you, or did did the arts start to yeah. kind of maybe open up to you and provide catharsis? What
1: what um the arts not at all. Uh, just in the in terms of I still loved movies and I loved TV and I wasn't much of a reader. I loved music. But more than anything, I kind of threw myself into a job. I was 14 years old when I got a job. I, no. got, I worked at Baskin Robbins ice cream store, which was in the Walt Whitman Mall, which was right near my house. Wow. And I threw myself into that. I'd work four days a week. And it was great. I kind of was like, this was at a time, you know, this is 30 years ago when 14-year-olds, you could get your working yeah. papers. You needed something called working papers. I
0: remember it, the, the variants or whatever yep, the term was called. It was like getting a yeah, license yeah, to work. Yeah.
1: And I was 14 and my first paycheck, I made $4.25 an hour and was just thrilled that I was independent and could make money on my own. And... I threw myself into that world and became, like, a weekend manager at, like, 15. Wow. I became – I just kind of leaned into a certain it, – and it gave me a sense of, like, order. And it gave me a sense of just working hard, working for – like, it gave me a really good work ethic. And I think I did that also to maybe get away from the house at times. Because the absence of my – with my father not being there was very palpable – so, in retrospect, if I could do some, like, armchair psychology, it was probably a little bit that I needed to kind of, like, distract myself totally. from the pain of, of what was going on. And do and you feel like you built a social circle there? Oh, entirely. Because, you know, it was in a mall. Yeah. And at that age, at that time, that's where you went. Totally. You went to a mall. That's what
0: I grew up doing. You, went yeah.
1: like, you just went to the mall. Yeah. And you knew you were going to go to a record store. Yeah. And get Burger King. Totally. And that... Chill in the food court. Chilled. Yeah. yeah but this was even before food courts were big. Wow. Like, this is... We're talking, like, this is 1989. So, like, this was just, like, there'd be four restaurants, and you'd go to Burger King, and, like I said, you'd go to, like, a record store, a bookstore, and then just hang out in the center of the mall. So, it was a meeting place, and I worked at an ice cream store. So, people were kind of in and out all the time. My friends got jobs yeah. there. And it it was incredibly important for me to have that job.
0: It sounds like it was a monumental moment in your yeah, life. Well, my yeah. it was just like my high yeah. school.
1: I didn't do any extracurricular activities. Whoa. None. It was just do decently in school and have a job. And. Maybe I did a few little things extracurricular, but it was always a drag. I was my heart was never in. So no like that. drama in high no school. No drama. Well. No theater whatsoever. I knew I loved. You know, the closest thing I got to it was in high school in twelfth grade. There was we had something where like you pick apart the teachers in a show. Like like you you like, we called it senior follies, and it was like you get up there and the kids do sketches about the school. Oh, you
0: get to like mimic them. Mimic, yeah, and,
1: yeah, and that. Was the first time I got up on stage really and kind of realized, like, oh, I might like this. What? Yeah. And I directed that. I just was like, I went right into it. I was like, Oh, I know how to do this. And I was always very into like, I saved my, I remember saving money up for my Baskin Robbins job to buy a camcorder. One of those big fucking things that you put on your shoulder. Do you yeah. remember when of camcorders course. were that? How I used you? to edit on, on yeah.
0: VHS. On real to real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And the two machines. Yeah. And then
0: mini DV and then firewall. But like, obs- yeah. But, yeah. but, but,
1: but, but you know, I mean, when you're doing that stuff and you have a, Uh, an interest in it, it's, you'll you'll stay up till five in the morning just till your eyes are wrecked, just like getting the music right in the right spot, (laughs) you know? I did that so many times. And it's just like, it's just, just to be kind of connected with that passion. So that, that video editing thing where I bought my camcorder and then I would take my camera through um, high school and I would record stuff. And then at the like end of the year, or, just like, yeah. hey, guys, what do you have to say? Right. And, you yeah. know, kind of like silly things to just I've always been a kind of historian of my own life. Got you. So I'm always taking videos. I my, I've always been a video guy. I always like looking back. I, I am that guy who kind of even now with my kids, I mean. I make videos with the. Kids. It's it's like oh, that's a still, passion. I love that. Oh, I that's love beautiful. it. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I still do it, and uh, you know, even when I do it, I use that skill to do myself tapes now, wow. because that's what I do, and I make sure it's edited tightly, and the sound is working well, and I treat that almost like a mini movie in the sense yeah. of it needs to be, you know, tight and crisp and edited well in terms of just clip to clip that that editing and the sound should work well and the lighting should be nice and it's just like there's no excuse in this self-tape world where you can control your own atmosphere why it shouldn't be like that but i will say that my past and my 30 years of kind of enjoying kind of av type stuff has made this transition into self-taping that Obviously, he's getting some controversy. Yeah,
0: now. right now. But I love, it. Really, yeah, I yeah.
1: love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And my wife's an actress, so she can, so she reads you with me. You got a
0: partner in- that, which yeah. is a big thing. Yeah. Like,
1: if you don't have a partner, I can understand it being arduous to kind of enlist a friend or someone that. You know, can you come read with me? You know, yeah. I get it. But we uh, help each other and give each other notes and fight and make each other cry. But <laughs> <laughs> we're past that now. But but we went through a learning curve with it.
0: So then this renegade filmmaking, like yeah. when you graduated, was there an idea of like, I want to be a filmmaker? Is that what? It- no, no. I
1: always recognized that that wasn't where my I wasn't passionate. I could hear young filmmakers talk and I worked with them a little bit at NYU when I was in grad school and we worked a little bit with the film students, there was uh, – I, I was never necessarily so interested in kind of like the narrative storytelling part of like directing necessarily. If anything other than acting, I'm more interested in kind of writing, like yeah. that type of thing. But directing, I always recognize that that there are people that are far more passionate about – Storytelling and 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 setting up pictures and uh, than I was. I think my interest uh, has to do with my own life. My editing interests have to do with my own life and like putting together, helping. Like I put, I did for a while. I was had a like uh, I was doing reels. I was doing people's reels, and I like constructing stuff out of out of. Bits of, of, of already kind of mind film. Yeah. But I was never into kind of like directing. And I even see this, like I see movie directors and the movie directors I work with now and the TV directors that I work with. I'm like, Oh, it's so great to be clear that I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, God, it's so much work and it's so not just so much work. It's. Just the, the the what you have to learn and know and and I don't know I just it, it's it's refreshing to know like you know what I'm I'm very happy being an actor yeah and that's it.
0: So then you were doing Baskin Robbins and you said you know you had the job but you were doing okay in school mm-hmm. was was college on your mind? Yeah, college was on my mind,
1: but I didn't have any real
0: interests, so
1: I was like, yeah, I'll go to college because kind of like college is what you did. I didn't want to go too far from home. Um, so I went to a university at Albany, which was like a good school. My best friend went, was going there. Um, another good friend of mine was a year older and it just felt like a nice natural transition from high school into there. It was fine. But I did find theater there in my, I was, I had joined a fraternity with a great bunch of guys in the first two years who were terrific. Um, but then I knew I needed in, in 11th grade, I need, uh, rather in junior year of, of college, I knew I needed a little more. Something was, uh, was missing in my life. Yeah. I had to scratch some itch and I just found my way into this, uh, performing arts center and it was the three, they were auditioning for Three Penny Opera. Wow. And I said, oh, I'll go in there. I'll, it said, do a song and a monologue. And I was like, what's a monologue? At the school itself? Yeah. Wow. At Albany, my junior year. I sang a song. I I had called my uh, family member of mine. I had said, I don't know what a monologue is. What can I do? She says, well, play Three Penny Opera. She says, look at something from Harold Pinter. And I chose like something from the play The Homecoming. And I went in. I did the monologue. I did the song. And they cast me in this little role in the Three Penny Opera. I was taking a cl- an acting class at the time and then at the school. And then I was just like off and running.
0: Wow yeah and then right then, you would say it happened towards the end of of your undergraduate is like when you knew acting is what I'm into, yeah, but yeah. I was also
1: aware of like you know you come out of of an undergraduate um, theater department there's a handful of people that want to do it. Yeah. That are going to be like, we're going to move to the city. We're going to get headshots. Yeah. And you're just like full of piss and vinegar to go down there and just like take the world by storm. And then you realize like, I mean, you are so low on the totem pole. Yeah. Like it's like such a long distance race. And you have to go say to yourself, I was living, you know, I was living in Long Island at the time. With my mom, and I was commuting into the city. This was right after my uh, my uh, senior year of college. And I was like, I want to be an actor, so how do I go? And I would go, and I would take classes in the city. This is 1997, and it's like no one knows who you are. And the world yeah. is, to- is full of 22-year-olds working in restaurants, working who are just like, we wanted to, yeah. and so you just gotta sit back, black and back, white
0: headshots, black and white <laughs> headshots,
1: and you just gotta sit back and go, okay, this is gonna be such a long fucking journey, oh. and you just gotta sit back and enjoy the ride, and, and hurt, and go like, it ain't happening for a very long time. Believe. So just, oh, just like one yeah. tiny scratch, and then you just like one victory. Another victory, another, another. And just like chart your kind of like growth. It's totally. Like I got into this voice class. They said yes to me to just get into a voice class. Great. And then all the while, it was very important to me to have a job. Like I was waiting tables. Again. No, but wow. I was waiting tables. I was waiting tables. In the city a, or in Huntington? Know, in Huntington at a TGI Fridays. In Huntington, working five days a week there, making and living at home, and then going into the city two or three days a week to study at the Actors Center, which was an old, uh, which was a school that I don't think is there uh, around anymore. It was teachers from Yale, NYU, and Juilliard kind of got together and made a a commercial uh, acting school that was over on 28th Street.
0: Wow, that would be be so ideal right now. It was great. Yeah.
1: Great, but. I also got into that class and I didn't know which way was up. I didn't know how to I You was, had auditioned for the class. I had to audition for the class yeah. and I was probably full of enthusiasm but and maybe kind of someone saw some marginal talent in me but I had no technique. I didn't know what I was doing and I was jumping into material from Chekhov and I was had yeah. no idea how to do that. But just so excited. I remember in the class I tell the story all the time like I was in the class and someone in the class was an extra in law and order. And I was like, she made it. Yeah. <laughs> just from like being an extra. It's like the naivety. J- J- na- well, so it's just young. a wonder yeah. and just because you never know how to do it. And then you get in there and, and you and you think it's so far away. And yeah. then you see someone who's actually made it onto the TV screen and you go, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat kind of. I, I'm in the vicinity of a person who is on TV. It's like I must be doing something right, however small it is. Yeah. And it's just but those little tiny, tiny victories. Very yeah.
0: important. And, and I think that's a great lesson that you bring that up because it's so important that actors hear that because – I don't know, you know, with social media now, everyone's like, it's all about the result, the result, the result. And like the work of being an actor is getting that class and figuring it out, you know, everything else is a vacation. I mean,
1: you know, short of being this gorgeous man or woman that that will catapult stardom primarily based on genetics, who they look like, what they look like. You know, that 90, 95% of the people who are trying to make it in this business or trying to get work are not that. So what are you going to do? You have to sit back and go, my twenties is just going to all be about learning. Yeah. Learn how to be an actor. Learn what it is to kind of like, and if you want to do it, are you prepared to make the sacrifices that it takes? I mean, you know, the comparing to other people oh, is, is just, I mean, it'll, it'll absolutely paralyze you. And the more you can say, yeah, I'm not, it, it might not, I might not get a gig for 10 years. Yeah. I'm a, and just as long as I see myself growing and taking steps and no matter how small, this is in your twenties saying someone believed in me. I got to listen to that for a second. This person believed him Uh and just mark your victories and say, is it adding up to something that seems like I have some momentum to do this long term? And you'll figure it out. And if you don't want to do it, it's going to be pretty clear when you're like, you know what? I might not be as talented as I need to be. Or, you know what? I might not want to give the sacrifices that this entails yeah. financially, some family, and that's all okay. And that's what your twenties are about. That's beautiful, you know?
0: And and in this class, are we talking Ron Van Loo? So Ron, Heavy,
1: uh, Ron was teaching at this school. Mark was not. Mark at that time, I don't know. Mark, Mark, Mark might have been just freelance directing. He was not there. No, no. This is back in 1997 when, and my teacher was uh, a guy named Earl Gister. Okay. Earl Gister was the head of acting at Yale for many, many years back in its great times in the 80s and I believe the late 70s. And he was the man and he knew Chekhov inside and out. And he, this was a few years before he retired, but he was still fantastic. So I studied with him. I studied with a voice teacher named Grace Zandarsky, a voice teacher named Catherine Fitzmorris, And... It was just great. But, again, I was so held and so, like, you know, you get into acting class and, like, how could a real moment be transpiring when I'm just so tense? It's so tense. And I'm, like, 23 years old and I'm, like, so nervous getting up there. So real moments and scenes, I would stumble upon them. But there was no – it was very hard to learn at that point because I wanted it so bad back then, you know, and you're like – I'm just, just mixed up. You didn't know which one is so overwhelming yeah. coming into this pool of people at 23 years old, you know. And, and so then did they encourage the
0: MFA path for
1: you? No, that was, I had some friends that I had known from all, I, uh, you interviewed him, Glenn Fleshler.
0: Glenn Fleshler, two time yep. podcast. Yep. Love him. Love him. The, yeah. great,
1: the you know, he had gone to the same, he had gone to Albany for undergrad and then a, a year out of him, Of him being in NYU, because he went to NYU too, he came up to Albany and did a regional production of The Grapes of Wrath. And I was in it as an intern. This cap rep would take uh, people from SUNY Albany and like plug them in for 50 bucks a week and an experience of being an actor. And I did Grapes of Wrath. I met Glenn there who was up from New York in his first regional first or second regional show. He was doing Grapes of Wrath and he told me about NYU. He I had actually known about it cuz two friends of mine were about to go to NYU but he gave me the skinny and really lit uh, lit the fire into me to do it. And then subsequently when I was uh, at the Actor's Center those years later I auditioned two times to get into NYU and I didn't get in. Wow.
0: I know mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I yeah. did get in. Heartbreaking.
1: You know. Did, just and like, did you
0: do the, the rounds, Juilliard, Yale? Nope. Just I, NYU? I NYU. Yeah. That's all
1: I wanted. I wanted to be in the city. I felt like NYU was my – I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just I knew a few people that had gone through there. Yeah, and you felt Glenn saved. felt my – it just felt right. And then in 1999 – I went down to the Shakespeare Theater in D.C. to be the an Folger. intern. It wasn't the Folger. Oh, it it okay. had subsequently become the Shakespeare Theater. Got it. And Michael Kahn was his uh, artistic director. And I went down there, and you learn how to be an actor as an intern. They put you up in, like, housing. They pay you $75 a week, and you're a spear carrier. Yeah. Pretty much. And you understudy. Oh, nice. So for three shows, I did um, King John. I did uh, – uh that Michael directed. I did Trojan Women that Joanna Colitis directed. And then I did uh, The Merchant of Venice, which Michael Kahn directed again. And it was great for eight months just learning how to be an actor yeah. and just seeing lifers down there, man, who are just – they're part of a company. Yeah. And they – you know, he, the, the nature of this theater is they bring a few people from New York, but there was also a, a core company yeah. at the Shakespeare Theater. And I just learned, again, it was like another way of learning, is this something I want to do? This is what the eight-show week looks like. This is what, like, this is just what it looks like day in, day out, three-month run. Do you want to do this? And I was like, I think I do want to do this. So I auditioned for NYU again. But I had also at this point been kind of submerged in Shakespeare over the course of like so many months. So
0: in a way you think you haven't been. Correct.
1: Correct. And I was just more prepared. I had just been around acting. Now it was in me. I was around these actors and I auditioned. And that was it. It was time. I knew it was different. I knew I felt different. I felt more like an actor. Maybe I went in there with a bit more confidence and auditioned for the great Zelda Fitch Handler and Ron Van Loo and that was it. Got in and started NYU the next fall. I think that was the fall of 99.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What, you, what <clears> I <throat> did not know that was the yeah. journey to- Yeah, it's been a total
1: yeah. journey. There's been no um super lucky thing that happened no, and I, it's like, phew, it's just like, and I guess I, it's just always important to me to tell young people about the just- Scratching. Next, next level. Yeah. One step at a time. Slowly, slowly, slowly. And one step, one step happens one year and then nothing happens for a year. And you. And, and I'm not saying that during it, I had this perspective. Yeah. I'm not saying like during it, I was like, no, you're taking a ladder. This is all in retrospect. Totally. And this is all going like, oh, wow. If you look back into like the, the aughts and the, you know, the, the nineties and the, it was all about just taking one step on that ladder, you know, and, and that, that is a very real thing. As anonymous as you feel, when you're doing it, you're taking the steps. You're yeah. building your own confidence. It's very important.
0: Yeah. And I don't mean to condense three amazing years so condense. shortly, but but how was the experience? Love, I loved it.
1: I yeah, mean, most fun I never want to have again. You know, it's just it's hard. And and showcase got you rep? Yes, but again, like that's not much, like a few little bites. Yeah, but that's the other thing. You know, you get out of grad school, you and you think. You know, you're going to just start working right away. So, Dad, you know, driver,
0: N- Jessica, yeah, yeah. NYU is a, yeah.
1: you know, it's a, it's just feeds, you know, you think it's a feeder right into success.
0: Michael C. Hall style. So many, six feet so under.
1: many, so many people. And then you realize like, oh no, 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 you're starting over again. Yeah. You're at a different level because you have training now and you have people, you you know, you know more people, but now you're older and now I'm 26, 27 and it's like, okay, where is everyone? And it's like, no, 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 no. Now you have the stamp of like going through a great conservatory, but yeah. now it's time to get the shows, the off-Broadway shows, the off-off-Broadway shows, the workshops, the labs. Now you're going to get asked to do those, but you got to put in the small roles doing those now. Yeah. And now it's time. So it's it's a next level because you're going to get these opportunities, but you're now going to have to prove yourself in a professional uh, arena.
0: And and so then was theater the main way that you started out? Yeah, no yeah. one
1: wanted to see me for TV, TV. I mean, I would get in for TV and film and you know, the, the key of putting in good auditions for those things is relaxation. Yeah. I wasn't relaxed. I didn't know how to do auditions yeah. for
0: TV, walking in. I, I didn't know who I was yet. And that as was an probably actor. not a time where NYU MFA taught that. No, right? we did. I mean, uh, we
1: did. But you, you know, unless you've been, unless you've been marinating in TV auditions and, and being on TV shows where you can kind of like understand what it is, it's very hard to understand how and really to to just be relaxed yeah. in front of a camera which is so much about getting tv gigs they just want to see a real person they don't want to see tension or they do, it's just like and that comes with just time and experience yeah. so at an NYU I'd get some tv auditions but I never felt like I was it Never, I go into a room for Law and Order. I mean, the amount of Law and Order auditions I went through. Yeah, me Holy too. Yeah. mackerel! All right, thanks so much. You know, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming in. That was great. Thanks so much. Oh, All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the different. Yeah, I feel so sorry for these casting directors that have to kind of
0: give these young actors reactions. Now they don't have to do it. But yeah, but yeah. So yeah. And so then, what was the first bite in film and TV? I got
1: a law and order. I did get a law and order criminal intent, but it was kind of like, how the fuck did I get that? I just got. I guess I was the guy.
0: It's I, when I got used the same thing. It's like I was like this one. All no, right. no, yeah. no rhyme or reason. Yeah.
1: You going for a few dozen of them, but you know, and then it's just like that one for whatever reason you walk in and that's who the character is. Yeah, I got that, and I remember. <laughs> No one tells you the rules of TV. There's no like TV. I I remember going, Oh, so I'm going to get there. My first, my call time is seven and we rehearse, we'll rehearse for like four or five hours. And, And it's just like, and you get there. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be off book from the beginning. Yeah,
0: I made that mistake, and
1: you're just like, yeah. I'm gonna be off. And I, but I thought I was so impressive because I was gonna be super prepared. And then they go, okay, get your, and here we go. We're gonna rehearse and walk from here to there, say the line, and that's all we need to do. And I was like, What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah, I thought this was gonna be a three hour like Totally. Yeah. This oh. is what, and and I and so thank the Lord. I was off book because I thought I—I I don't know what I thought, but I do remember thinking that I was impressed with myself that I had gotten off book before I arrived to set. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, was I going to learn the, it on the job? I don't know. Anyway, thank gosh I did because, of course, it's like you rehearse for six and a half seconds, yeah, and then you shoot, yeah, and I, I. Remember, just like I can't believe I'm doing this, and actually, I mean, you're put in front of these big monster cameras, and and this is probably when they were still shooting on film, film yeah. and it's just like so scary, so fucking scary that first time because no one teaches you anything about etiquette, what you do, what there's a whole s- bunch of rules that you learn how to when you're in the theater. You you get that with experience, right? There's no like. You gotta get with experience. So if you're getting your first TV role, you don't have experience being on TV set. You don't yeah. know what's right. It's really intimidating.
0: It totally is. Yeah. And and as you get that first credit, then you join the union, right? Or were mm-hmm. you already? Yeah. Yeah. And so then, did you know phone calls start getting? No, no. It's wow. still like
1: same shit. It's like yeah. a little little thing, little bit. My I had one of my oh, one of my best friends. Um, He was the showrunner of Damages. Okay. Okay. Yeah, classic. uh, Glenn Kessler, his name is, and his brother Todd and Daniel Zellman wrote Damages with Glenn Close. And it was right at the beginning of kind of like when TV was starting to become-
0: Movie stars were coming
1: in. I mean, it's a little bit. uh, It's six or seven years after The Sopranos, but but it was like 2006 maybe. And he gave me like- a small role, but was a great, like gave me eight episodes that, that just. Oh
0: wow. Yeah. yeah reoccurring. Over, recurring. Yeah.
1: And it was great because I, it wasn't so much material, but it was a few little scenes and he really let me get some experience that way. Yeah. So, and I learned how to be on a set and I learned how to be. How to act in the in the company of a of a huge star? Totally, that's the other thing. You get on these sets, yeah. and you are just like look how I have to act normal around Glenn Close. Yeah, it's like I can't fucking act normal around Glenn Close. Glenn Close was in The Natural. Glenn Close was in The Big Chill. Glenn Close was in Fatal Attraction. These are movies that are fucking imprinted in my soul, and it's like. You want me to just now say a line to go, Oh, really? Is that what you want me to do? Yeah. But you have to have, you know, you have to act as if, but you learn how to be like, you know, they're just people. Yeah. They're just, you know, you imbue them obviously with this kind of, you know, this huge, uh, image. But the, when the fact of the matter is, it's like they're working on their lines. Totally. Just say the lines to them. Just yeah. say the lines, and say it back, but it's scary. And again, the more experience you get, the more you realize, Everyone's just people. They're trying to do the best job they can. And I've had the good fortune of all the stars I've worked with. I mean, fucking great. Yeah. They've all been great. Yeah.
0: And and one of the reoccurring things I ask actors on this podcast is finding your voice. And it sounds like, you know, between theater and D.C. and, and NYU and the things you did after you found it there, would you say damages where you kind of – you felt like you started to find it in film and TV? No. No, man. It's still no. It's still like – well – Let's see. I mean – Maybe
1: comfortability
0: is the – Yeah, a little bit. I think –
1: here's the thing. When I was doing damages, there weren't any like big scenes that I had to kind of carry. They were scenes that I was like chirping in and here and there. Yeah. So I think the – I don't remember what the big thing was when I started having to really like – do some acting on screen. I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't even a clear thing. Maybe it's just like I started getting this and that, and I don't even remember. Oh, I oh oh well. I, I mean, I did limit this movie, Limitless, in two thousand nine yeah. with Bradley. Movie Cooper. about Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like Adderall yeah. on Adderall. Yeah. And it was just like I was hired to be in this movie with. Bradley, who was just becoming a movie star, and, you know, De Niro. And I'm sitting at a table with De Niro doing this scene. I was just like, what what are you talking about that I'm next to him doing a scene? And, you know, you just – there does come a point where you're just like, okay, all right. For better or worse, and I'm still working on my process, but I belong here. Yeah. Meaning, like, stop saying, like, oh, my God, I don't – it's like, no, no, no. You've been hired enough times now. You belong here. Work on your process, get more relaxed, but walk in with confidence. Totally. Walk in with confidence, and that's a very important thing to just be like, yeah, I belong here. Let's let's get to work. Let's get to work. Love- now you know, yeah. let's let's we got work to do. They're people, they're actors. I had been experienced enough in like doing plays, and it was like I know how to I know how to act. I still am working, but I know how to do this. So I think confidence started sprouting up a little bit there. And, uh yeah, I don't remember then. And then just, like, things started happening. Things started, uh, you know. Like the affair, know. would you say that? Oh, the affair. Is where you okay. got a chance to yes. show what you yes. can do? Sorry, of yeah. course. The affair is, that is, remember, I, I said I wasn't sure if there was a moment. Yes, the affair was the job where I needed to kind of you know be in scenes where i had to bring it yeah kind of like you have to bring kind of something rather than just you know background and what music. a
0: journey your character goes on. oh it's great yeah. yeah
1: and that was just an audition like every other audition wow. just like gotta gotta you know go in i remember it was a julie tuck uh uh ross yeah. myerson yeah. and julie and uh Went in. Sarah Trem was there with the director, who was Mark Mylod. Uh, oh, Mark, the best, the best now. Yeah, but he was, you know, and not well as well known. And he directed the pilot, and that was it. Off to the races, and I got that gig, and I just happened to have gotten it. It's yeah. like just like every other fucking. You go through a million. This is what I also want to say is like, you go through, you do your work, you hear eighty five yeah. no's. and like as of now, like you're. <laughs> You get fucking 85 auditions that go into the fucking digital landfill and you do not hear about any of them until the one time you do your work like you did your work on all the others and it hits. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. It just fits and it works. And then you're like, and that's all it takes. And it's just like that was one job I went in. I was just as prepared as everything else. Not super prepared, but like prepared. And I was just the guy. And in TV, you gotta be the guy. Yeah. You just walk in and they go, "Yes, thank you." I mean, you know this. There's no doubt in my mind that the majority of casting directors watch the first twenty, thirty exactly. seconds and go, "Like, is this it or, is not? This it yeah. or not?" And yeah. if it's it is, they show me more, show me more until the end of the audition tape. I, I, why would not? Why would someone look through the entire tape? Yeah. But sometimes you're just the fucking guy, yeah. you know. And so you do your work. And uh, yeah, and that, yeah. That's especially in TV. That's that's that is. Well, that it, work
0: you did is so beautiful, and I hope you're so proud of that. You know, which one? the oh. affair. Oh, the you affair. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was
1: it was. I had great, I had a great director. I mean, Jeff Reiner was the executive producer. He was. He, I remember going. I remember going. This is so great. I I was at a we were doing a bar scene, and I was like, well, what if? I do this and I take the, take the glass and maybe if I can move over here and do this and we're going over blocking and he looks at me and goes, do whatever you want. You're Oscar. He's like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. You know yeah. this guy better than I yeah, do. Yeah. He's like, just don't get in the way. He, yeah. And he did it so matter of factly He's like,
0: yeah, all right,
1: do it. I'm just here to make sure that the shot lines up well. He's like, you know this guy. And it was so great when he said that. I thought it was like, <laughs> Yeah, very exciting.
0: That's amazing. And, and and did that lead, or was it and okay? I, so that so what does that lead? Ozark?
1: No, I'm not even at Ozark yet. I mean, the, the, the affair. I, you know, most of my heavy lifting in the affair happened in the first season, and that was like 2013 or something. Yeah,
0: right at the beginning of this
1: streaming. Yeah, that, and then I was just still working like regionally. I did a bunch of shows at the new group, and then I did. So here, let's let's put this together. Rashida Speaking, which was a play I did with Diane Wiest wow. and um, Tanya Pinkins and Patricia Connolly that Cynthia Nixon directed at the new group. Amazing. It was great. And I had done already like uh, three or four shows there already. And I did that. So I worked with Cynthia. That was 2015, 16. Then the next year, Cynthia is doing Little Foxes on Broadway with Laura Linney and i get an offer to do that show at manhattan theater club that dan sullivan was directing well, playing uh, uh one of the brothers so that and i i'm sure uh, you know cynthia had something to do with that totally and then i do that work with laura for 5 months 2 months later i get a call they want you to do this part on ozark Chris, offer Chris, offer. Chris wow. Mundy, the EP, and yeah. Jason Bateman saw Little Foxes. They said they just want to have a meeting with you. I was like, "What a fucking
0: meeting? Finally, fucking <laughs> meeting? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, do they? Do yeah. they just want to have a meeting with me? Like, kind of like, oh, of course I'll, I'll have a meeting. I mean, it's like, I, 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 we have a Zoom meeting, and they just needed to. They didn't even need me to read, and they just go, "All right." Uh, we just wanted to talk to you, and then like the next day, I got the offer to do like wow. that, like eight episodes that season, and so I walk onto set, and I had all of my stuffs with Laura. I just spent six months with Laura, five six months with Laura on stage, so I get onto the TV set, and it's the same shit. It's just my buddy Laura, and we're just like laughing and having fun, and it just lends itself to a certain relaxation, which, like I said, is. So much is about yeah. uh, relaxation on on TV, and that's that. And um, in Ozark, and and obviously that became very popular, yeah, and especially during the pandemic. And totally. that's it. Did a another play? Yeah, and this you is did it. Did a
0: uh, bedwetter this uh, oh, past bed summer? Wetter, yes,
1: yeah. yes. Bedwetter yeah. was um that Sarah Silverman's musical about based on her life, based on her or when she was ten years old, based on her book. And we were supposed to do that in March 2020, wow. and it got everything got shut down. Yeah. And we had to wait two years to do it.
0: But then we got to work together. Yeah. I don't think we can say what yet, but, uh, yeah. man, what an experience that, that was. was. How was that for you, you know, working on something that's, I mean, I, I'll keep it vague, but, you mm. know, period and huge. How, how was that? Period piece, huge. Great.
1: Uh, mm. My wife had been on it. The oh, wow. Year. She yeah. was on the first year of that show.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you knew Cynthia already.
1: Cynthia already, but we didn't have anything together. That, but this had such a big cast that that doesn't even.
0: Another actor. Yeah. On, on this podcast. I couldn't to, imagine. To they, they, I couldn't
1: imagine that. Yeah, that it's a big deal to not say it. But what
0: the hell. Yeah. Um, I'll reveal that soon. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, what was that like? It was like four episodes for you, right? Great. Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah. It was. Uh, it was just another job. Like it's a job. It was great, and it was a hard work. And I love working in TV, and I love
0: uh, going different
1: places and learning about different people. And it was great.
0: Because I learned so much from you. I mean, just showing up, being prepared. You know, specifically your character. Uh-huh. It's very intense. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, you mm-hmm. know, and just uh, – I think kind of going back to what you said about law and order, you know, I've been a lot in the procedural world. And I'm I'm only talking about this me, to, to heighten what I want to say about you is like I don't think you really get a chance when you're doing the co-star thing to show what you can do or right. use your training. Mm-hmm. You're there to say the line, get out, yep. you know. And even though I'm not a big part like you are, you know, having you, it's just like – that was the first time I felt like I got to use my training and oh, show what yeah. I want to do. And yeah. You brought it out of me. Oh, and that's
1: great. It was
0: just so fun to work with you. Yeah. you know,
1: and, no, and it was a big day. That was yeah. A, that was a big And then day. we had
0: one day that was like yeah. 17 hours where, yeah. you, let's just say your voice is. Oh, is. God, I totally lost my voice. So did I. You
1: <laughs> lost my voice. Yeah. I can't believe I'm waiting to hear if ADR is going to need me for this scene. Oh, God. because for your sake,
0: it. I hope not.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I went in and had to do actually a lot of screaming, but I was fine because I was, it was, you know, one off stuff. I didn't have to keep going and going and going, but, uh, yeah, they made me do some more screaming.
0: Wow. Yeah. What yeah. a time that was. That was so great. I mean, okay. Yeah. Can we bring up the Albany factor? Was that? Was that crazy then? Oh, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Like, we shot it yeah. in Albany. Yeah.
1: And yes, it was. And is actually right before I checked into the hotel. It's kind of awesome. I did. I went back to Albany and walked through the theater. Wow. Because we shot some of this in Albany, for people out there. And uh yeah, and I was like, you know, there is – Of course, it was very – I was like, I am have a job right now in Albany that's paying me a nice amount of money, and I'm going to go back right now. And it was summertime, and I was going to walk through the theater. I knew no one was going to be there. Yeah. And I just walked through all the spaces, and I was like, oh, my God, I remember doing a scene here. I remember doing a play in this part of the the theater. And it was great. It was so great to just like go back there and just really appreciate yeah. what also what that place had done for me and totally. kind of instilling the passion from the get go. And, uh, yeah.
0: And I could talk to you for hours, but I want to okay. make sure that, uh, you know, I yeah. get you out of here in time. So no, we're good. let me bring it to the, you know, few final questions. Sure. I want to say a few. It'll, it'll be a handful. Yeah. Um, you know, now I feel like, especially the way you came up, and, you know, Glenn and so many others, it's tough that way now because, like, you know, NYU is 90000 a year, you know. And, you know, these college or for-profit, it's getting out of control. Awful. So for, for actors out there listening, you know, that maybe don't have that kind of money to go to even undergrad, let's say, you know, any, any advice you might have for them?
1: You know, I can't give too much advice – Because my trajectory was through the grad school way. And it's just so – it's so frustrating. I don't even know if like – what are the big commercial acting schools right now? Like, what are the big, like, what are the big, if you didn't go to grad school, where are you going these days? Like, what's... For undergrad, still Juilliard. No, 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 but not undergrad. I'm saying, commerc- like, the, the, the acting schools in New York City. Like, what's a big, like, Esper or neighborhood? Oh,
0: yeah. Like, the, a, the Esper, Terry Knickerbocker left, started his own. Okay. Um, Bob Crack has got one. okay. And then um, Strasburg. Yeah. He's always there, you yeah. know? Yeah, and yeah. And then Atlantic.
1: And Atlantic. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I play Right I'm, Horizons. I'm playing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I don't know what. I don't know. Unfortunately, I just don't know what the landscape looks yeah. like for twenty something year olds. Like totally. I, I don't I,
0: think we know. <laughs>
1: I, I can't speak intelligently about what that world looks like right now. Like people say, like, how do you get started? It's like I can give you. I can tell you my story. Yeah, and you can take from my story, cherry pick what little part the things that you can apply to your life
0: which thank you this is what this podcast great, is great you know and you've been but my
1: trajectory yeah is my trajectory and it's of its time also it's like there was no you know i don't know about like the instagram stuff how that plays into it i don't know the quality of the you know the hb and and i I don't know any of that stuff and i don't know how people kind of break in there is no right one way way. i do know that my way the way i saw it was i need to go to grad school to get an upper hand and i was like i did i went into hawk i was in i was in debt yeah but honestly the debt that I went into was nowhere near what's
0: going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I I, mean I, I, I'm, I'll say publicly, I'm yeah. an undergrad at NYU, I'm $300,000 in. I mean, what are you fucking fucking talking about like and that was when we were paying 56 a year now it's 90
1: i mean what so so i did get a little bit money of grants i do know that yale is free for the mfa students apparently juilliard
0: is is now and working towards that yeah right brown i think is free but juilliard is working towards that
1: look if you're a 20 something old character actor and you can afford to go to grad school to go to one of the top grad schools i'd say go if you can do it because it's a great 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 experience and the discipline is amazing but look bottom line most this is important to know i went to nyu which is like a top tier school and three quarters of my class are not in the business anymore i'm sure they're not i shouldn't say that they're teachers yeah They're, they're lots of them are teachers which is incredible but and 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 um but most of my class is not in the business now i think uh there are other classes that there are more still in the business but the fact of the matter is you know any way you do it there are people that are just going to fall out after yeah. a certain amount of time it's just too hard it's just too hard to, yeah. to to i just i keep saying like strap yourself in and go on your own journey Ask questions, find out, sniff around. What's the best school? Look, being around, going to acting school is just like the best thing because not only do you do you learn and learn how to work on your uh, work on acting, but you're around like minded people. Totally, you know, it's a social circle, and then
0: like Glenn, they're still your friends to this day, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, and. You know, and then one person's doing a play. They need a reader. They, I mean, they need a reader for the audition. And then you get a small part in that. But it's like, no. You know, so, of course, everyone wants to know advice. Yeah. I, 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 The advice is just kind of just keep searching and keep clawing away. It's like I, every time I think about what it is in your 20s, it's just like I just feel like scratching away. Like that's what it is. It's like hustling scratching that and it doesn't mean every second thinking about it but it's like yes student film this do and it's it's just setting yourself up to understand how much work it is to be to get to the place where you can make a living being an actor
0: and and that is such a great lead into another question is like how you are so amazing your work is great and just like you said, like so much of it is just like it's time. I had this great teacher, Ted Slabersky, tell me, hey, you're going to work in your 30s. And boy, was he right. Yeah. And so it's a lot of time to kill. You know, How did you stay positive yeah. and busy during the times when the phone or the auditions yeah. weren't ringing?
1: You know, you go, all right, so let's just get this straight. You go. It's a lot of hard times. It's a lot of times going like, no one cares. Yeah. No one fucking cares. And the fact is, yeah, no one does fucking care. You gotta care. Totally. You know, like no one, no one cares if you do this or not. It's in your twenties, especially like, you know, when you don't have any body of work, you're amongst a million people. So what are you going to do? What did I do? I did the editing stuff. I worked at a restaurant, this great restaurant. A Blue Water Grill, a place called Blue Water Grill, which was on the corner of. Yeah. And I I used to
0: work at, at Bluefin in Times Square. Same owners. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Steve Hansen. Yeah. And for six or seven years, that's what I, that was the most important thing in my life. Not because I wanted it to be the most important thing in my life. It just happened to be. I'd work four or five days a week. I made a great fucking living waiting tables and. I would go on auditions and that social circle that I got there was very important. And I, I, you know, I did a bunch of commercials that would like save me. And I also knew I knew that. It wasn't my time, man. It just wasn't my fucking time. It 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 just wasn't gonna happen. It's not like I look. It's not like I looked at other people when I was like thirty years old. It's not like I looked at other careers and I was like, "Why am I not there? Yeah. Why am I? I was like, I would think." I'm not, it's not my time. It doesn't, I don't know. I still don't know where exactly I fit into this business. I know where I fit into this business now. Yeah. You know, I knew as a, as a, as a, when I was, started becoming like a 40 year old man and I could play like dads and I could play, I knew where I, I knew where I was starting to fit in and the business agreed with me. Yeah. I went in to see Daniel Sweet, one of the, Biggest casting directors in 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 the business. He works. for, He casts uh, Lincoln Center. Oh wow! And other films. He's uh, he he does some film too. One of the greats. Sweetheart of a guy. I went into him. I was like, I need advice. Like, you know, I'd known him from NYU. He came to speak to our class, and he sat me down. And I was twenty six, and it was that thing that you just said. It's like, oh, Bub, you're not working for a while. Yeah. No offense. No offense. It's it's It's,
0: tough, but I appreciated it. No, no. It's just like
1: we're not – it's not personal. And, of course, you feel personal. It's like, what do you mean? I have so much – I'm so hungry. I so want it now. And it's like you have to – you just like – and then look, look, man. There are people that you know who when they were 20 years old were shot out of a fucking cannon. Oh, I can make a list. And you were like – Oh man, they are on the trajectory to just like working nonstop. And then they hit an age Yeah. and it's like, eh, we need to, you kind of looking like the dad now and you kind of still, your vibe is still boyish. So not as much a place for you anymore. And that's when like the, 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 the people that needed to age into their thirties or forties start getting jobs so it it works both ways it's like that's why again and so i had to wait and i knew it i knew it i was like yeah i can go to pioneer theater company in utah and maybe play the gentleman caller and i can go to the guthrie and 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 play like Andrew, Andrew Adr- Aggercheek, Agar cheek and yeah. I can do those which are great things but in terms of like getting like New York things and the TV shows that's what I you know I knew it was going to take some time and and also that what I just said like going to Pioneer Theater this is something else going to Pioneer Theater or going to the Guthrie or going to you know the Alley Theater or any any number of regional theaters man you can see you can make a life for years doing that and in, and learning how to be an actor and going like you know what that's where i have to put my focus now i'm going to yeah. be that actor yeah glenn fleschler did that for fucking years yeah y- glenn yeah, glenn after he got out of school for 10 years man more this he was like a, he was an actor that needed to get into his 40s but when he was in his like 20s and his 30s he was hopping around from regional theater to regional theater doing you know god knows what and then like look at people like i mean this is an extreme example but you have someone like jane howdy show yeah that woman hit when she was like 55 maybe and she's amazing talk to her about the amount of regional gigs that she did for the first part of her career it was all and then she ends up getting a tony and she ages into this thing where everyone goes like yeah that's where your that's where your sweet spot is. Totally, but that aging into something is a re- very real thing, and it's a very painful thing because it means you're going to sit on your. You you can try to do things, but you are going to sit on your ass yeah. for for a long time. Thank
0: you for the honesty, and that it yeah. means a lot. And 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 final question, and I know this might be a tough one, but you know, obviously, you're known now for exceptional work. You have tons of credits. So, what interests you in what you want to do when we live in this? You know, there's all the streaming going on, there's occasional movies, there's a lot of Marvel movies, and then there's theater, but it doesn't pay as well. Yeah. So for you, Darren, what, where is it? Is it just, like, what comes your way? Or Correct.
1: Uh, 150% what comes my way. Wow. There's no, like, I want to play this part. I have zero – I, I don't even know what – there's no I want to play any part or I want to do this. It's very exciting when I get material that comes into my inbox. Do you want to read for this? Or it's an offer to do this. And I'm so excited to
0: open Look, it like up. Like the one we did. Was that an exciting yeah, – Yeah, totally exciting. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. And it yeah. was like
1: – and and. I'll do. I'll. It doesn't matter. There's no. It's whatever comes my way. Yeah. And I go. Has this material? Can I see? Can I? Can I make an impression yeah. with it? Can I do something with it? Or does it fucking pay well? Yeah. Or you know, because if something is just like a few lines and I'm just a presence, but they're like they're they're you know they're backing up the truck for you on this, it's like fine. That's another part. I have a family. I want to live a night's nice life. Yeah. Great too. Or material sometimes i'll i'll do something for they're not paying more than minimum great i love the co-stars i love i'm going to get to go to you know i don't know i'm going to get to go to you know new mexico for a few days great a, a trip to new mexico or a trip to to germany yeah. to do a play reading fine uh, it's all part of the equation there's nothing that i want to do it's like I love that I'm in a position where I get interest for doing all different things. This is all I've wanted to do with my life. And I'm at a place where it's like... Work is work. Work is fucking work. yeah. And and a million things go... Not a million. A handful of things go into my decision whether I want to put myself out there yeah. for this job or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Darren Goldstein, you got to come back one day. This was so fun. I feel like I could... Crocky yeah when I have a few more yeah. things a few yeah. more
1: things well, in a yeah. few, for, few years oh, we'll absolutely. do it again absolutely and
0: thank you for your time and, and thank you for being so kind to me to not only show up here but when we were filming you were just you were so cool man you know and and I was like 157 oh. on the call sheet, so oh, please. It, it meant so much. No, you
1: were so you were so sweet. You, you and so, Morgan, you know. you know, it
0: was, it was great. So yeah. I got so much love for you, man. Thanks, brother. I wish you luck on this next gig. Thank you. Let's rock soon. All right. Take care, bro. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.